good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Off and running with you on a Friday. Hallelujah. You made it to the end of the week. You made it to Friday. Give yourself a round of applause. What's happening? What is happening? It's a free-for-all Friday around here. It means just about anything goes. Anything you want to get into today is cool with me. In any particular, well, no particular order. Whatever. Whatever. Just get on in here. And there's lots of ways for you to do that. I hope you will. Uh, I'm Matt here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents all around the state. You can comment. You can text. You can call. I get to hear from you in lots of different ways, so it's good for me, and I hope you enjoy it uh, as well. One of the ways you can do that on the live stream, if you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook watching the show, hey, Drop a comment. This is live. Type it in. Tick, tick, tick. Post it. It pops up right here on the Murray West live thread. What is that? Hey, speaking of thread, do you know that like these professional embroideries, they actually use, they use actual thread? It's like super-duper fine, high-quality thread. On the Murray West live thread, Murray West, contract embroidery here in the state of Mississippi since 1996. They do a great job, and you need to check it out. If you need your logo or your, or you know anything embroidered on anything, or printed on anything, go up there, send it up there. Look them up online, MurrayWest.com. That's M-U-R-R-Y, MurrayWest.com. See what I mean? Right out of the shoots here, I get a uh, a comment on the YouTube live stream from Sven. He's over in Germany. It's dark over there. It's nighttime. He said, "Hail State, everyone, to Free for All Friday." He says, guess what? Tomorrow we're going to win a football game. Or not. <laughs> he says, but the, nonetheless, after the uh, three-game stretch, it can only get better. Yeah, well, right, in some ways. Well, certainly defensively. Uh, it kind of feels like it can only get better. And, and please excuse me for taking a quick pause there to take a gulp of some hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Because, I don't know if you know this or not, but today is National Coffee Day. It sure is. Now, what exactly goes with that National Coffee Day, I don't know. Because I kind of treat every day as if it were National Coffee Day. But that gives you an example. More of your comments coming up on the live stream. If you're over there, hate to you again. You can also text the show. The country-pleasing text line is wide open to you. And we have a new thing around here, and it's something that um, I didn't come up with. But it is the right idea. Somebody said, you should start every show by saying, settle in, get yourself two hours worth of sausage, <laughs> And hang on for the ride. Here we go on the Matt Wyatt Show on 105.9 The Zone. And, and I didn't come up with that. No. Uh, and coming to the phones in just a minute. Uh, first, though, that was actually something Beaver came up with. Two hours of sausage. Two hours 
worth of sausage, and it is a brilliant idea. Now, so, hey, Beaver, happy Friday. Fair to say, though, it's not... You don't get credit as original idea, or you do because you're influenced by something else? Like, how does that work? No, it... Well, it spawned off of something somebody else said. Right. So, it's just a twist, <laughs> I guess. So, it's a twist on what somebody else said. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, you so, told me earlier in a voice message, but explain to me again where this came from. Okay, so this morning I'm watching an episode of Parks and Rec, and Leslie was sitting in JJ's diner, and she was meeting with a, a National Parks director, and she told the waitress, because they were going to have a long meeting, she told the waitress, I need two hours worth of waffles. <laughs> and so I <laughs> sent you that message and said, so I'm sitting there watching this, and she said, I need two hours worth of waffles. And then I started thinking, well, wait a minute. Since you always talk about this country pleasing so much, why don't you just start off by saying, you know, welcome in, grab yourself two hours worth of sausage. Mm -hmm. I just think it's just brilliant. hang out. I think it's a brilliant idea. It gets applause and a bell. So... From now on, that's the thing, y'all. We start the show, get yourself two hours worth of country-pleasing sausage and settle in and enjoy the ride. boy. I cannot take credit. That's all Beaver right there. Also, Beaver's the one who answers the phone, so you call the show on the Divinity Equipment phone line. You get to talk to him first. Isn't that cool? <laughs> and then you get to talk to me, and everyone else can hear your voice as well. Uh, let's prove it. Right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Chris from Macon. On line one. What's up, Chris? How you doing, Matt? Great. Thanks for calling. I called for a couple questions and then a comment at the end of it. Um, first thing is, is like, how many of these people are choking on their mics for the last week and a half? I kept my mouth shut about talking about how bad Will Rogers was, how we needed to change the quarterback and this, that, and the other. And then the man goes out there and puts up a career performance against South Carolina. Because they finally, guess what, let him throw to who I told you to, what was it, two weeks ago, that we needed to throw the ball more to Tulu Griffin? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just a mere mortal. Um, second thing is, is like how long, exactly what is wrong with our defense, and exactly how long is Zach Arnett going to let, I forgot the guy's name. Matt Brock run the defense. Matt Bryant, run the yeah. defense. Yeah. And part two of that question is, Matt, are we sure that Zach Arnett's really that good of a defensive coordinator? I mean, he did have two NFL corners when he came in and some really good linebackers. And, I mean, you know, are we really sure that he's that great of a defensive coordinator now? And the last thing I'd like to say is, Pass this along for me, Beaver. Clip it, whatever you got to do, and play it for Bo and Blake and tell them that they need to start eating their crow because they were wrong about Russell Wilson. That is the most pedestrian quarterback in two years that I've seen. I mean, like, that just – he has regressed awful. Have a good day. Appreciate the call, Chris. Yeah, you know, Russell Wilson, he got traded to the – Broncos, and it's obvious Seattle got the better part of that trade. They got all those draft picks. And I know you didn't call to ask me that, but I will say 
Russell Wilson has the look of a guy who he is obviously very talented and can and kind, of, kind of go through the motions and, and pass it off. But he has the look of a guy who got traded. He's somewhere he doesn't want to be. Publicly, he's saying the right things, doing the best he can, keep up endorsements, show up, make the check, but is not 100% invested in being very good. That's, that's the look of that. And there's a lot of people that go through that in pro sports. They, they get big money or something. You know, you'll see a little bit of a change in them. Uh, that's true. You know, a couple of things on that, Chris, like, you know, to the Will Rogers deal, yeah, I mean, every every quarterback is going to have – they're all going to have to deal with – you get credit a lot of times when you don't deserve all the credit, and you get blame a lot of times when you don't deserve all the blame. It's almost like it's never just right. You either get too much credit or too much blame, but nothing in between it seems like if you're a starting quarterback, especially if you're at teams that – you aren't winning at all and winning a championship. I mean, you don't have that kind of team around him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, to the folks who early on in the year, they if if you if you watched the first few games, okay, and you came away from it, and the singular thing that you could focus on was Will Rogers, then your understanding of football or what you're looking at. It, you know, that may be your fun way of observing football, but it's very surface level, very elementary. And that's fine. People can do whatever they want. Fans can look at it however they want. But the reality is they they did, they were doing a lot of things poorly. And of all the things that were inconsistent and being done really poorly, Will was nowhere near the top of that list. Did he have some times where he made poor throws here or there? Yeah, sure he did. <laughs> has he thrown an interception yet in four games? No. And that's, you know, they haven't thrown it as much or run as many plays, but that's also uh, playing behind an offensive line that has in no way had its act together. They just haven't. They've been very inconsistent. Good on one play, awful the next. Decent on one play, awful the next. I mean, and, and that's what he's playing behind. He still hasn't turned it over yet. He's fortunate to get the fumble back this past week. But, again, I'll just back him and say this, Chris, and this goes for everyone, okay? This goes for everyone. If you watched the first three or four games for Mississippi State and the thing you came away with that was the issue was Will Rogers, that replacing him would fix everything, that having a mobile quarterback instead of Will Rogers would change everything, then you just don't really understand football that deeply is all I'm saying. Period. Okay, and that's to your point. And, you know, there's a million different ways to back that up. And so people, if, if, I'm, if I'm talking to someone and that's you, and you're like, well, Matt's sort of insulting me right here. I don't mean it as an insult at all. You can still choose to watch the game the way you want and have fun with it the way you want. Just know what I'm telling you. <laughs> That if your evaluation of Mississippi State after those first three or four games is to focus on Will Rogers as if he's some sort of sore spot, then you just don't understand what you're watching in terms of understanding the whole game and how the line of scrimmage affects it. The fact is they've been at times just downright bad uh, on the offensive line. And that what's incredible about that is after three games, you had the leading rusher in the SEC individually. And I'll tell you a little bit about Woody Marks. 
that your run game blocking and stuff was very inconsistent. It wasn't bad on every play, but so it was bad from a consistency standpoint. Yet he'd still go out there and make those yards. Well, it kind of popped up and bit you a little bit the other night against South Carolina, a team that was going to really get after your run and, and put more people in, in the box at times. You know, as a team, you rush for 32 yards. I mean, there were times, I went back and watched the film, there were some times the other night where against South Carolina, you call a run play, and on the snap, there are three unblocked defenders on a defensive front. All three just step forward during the backfield. They are not blocked. Yeah, I mean, you can't even explain that. There's no – I don't even know how that happens. I mean, I really don't. But that's the kind of stuff that's been happening. And then defensively, okay, the other, that's the other thing. You look at defensively, they have been consistent, but unfortunately it's like consistently soft in pass coverage, consistently vulnerable. Look at week two against Arizona. Week three against LSU, now week four against uh, South Carolina. Um, they've got they've got a they they've got to get so much better so quickly. They just have to. And so yeah, I um, Chris to again, you know, uh, sort of touch on what you called about these individuals. You know, this is Matt Brock's first time to be a defensive coordinator. And no matter how much help is around you and and how much continuity, there's still an adjustment to be made there. I don't care who you are. And then you asked me about, you know, do we really know if Arnett's a good defensive coach? Yes is the answer. He is. Uh, They were more than competitive at San Diego State when he was the young defensive coordinator there. There's a reason that Rocky Long recommended him to a guy like Mike Leach. There's a reason Leach hired him. And then, you know, you look in the first few years, yes, he had some great players over there, like you say, particularly a couple of corners that both of them are playing in the NFL now. And uh, one of those a first-round pick. But what I have always really appreciated about Zach Arnett's defense is that he will take chances. He will blitz safeties. He will play zero covers. He will speed up opposing quarterbacks. And he has always seemed to get so much effort out of them. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this, one last thing on it. Chris, and then I'm coming back to all the messages on the text line and and elsewhere. You know, Nick Saban this week has given a couple of quotes in media sessions about he thinks this state team might be their toughest test so far this year outside of Texas. And he, he touches on, you know, how physical they play on defense and how tough they play on defense. Well, you know, he is lobbing compliments there where he didn't really have to. I mean, the defense has given up a ton of yards, particularly in the pass game and that sort of thing. But I think he probably watches the film, and one thing you do see from State is they never quit and they never stop giving effort. And in some of these games that have been really tough, like you look at that LSU game, for, for instance, State's offense ran 50 plays. They could not stay on the field. I mean, State's defense was on the field the entire first half, playing in the middle of the day in the heat out there. And even as the game went on, they just kept coming and kept giving effort. They might have had issues stopping people, and they might have been out of place, and they were getting tagged in the pass game and all that, and, and the other guy's throwing dots around out here, completions, but they never stopped running to the ball and hitting and tackling and giving effort. And I think a guy like Saban watches it and appreciates that very much, the effort that they did give, and that's why you, know, you look at it and you go, well, this is one thing we know. It doesn't matter 
if they are up by two touchdowns or if we're up by three, it's in the fourth quarter. They're coming, man. They're flying to the ball. They're hitting their tackling. They are not going to relent. And so opposing coaches see that. And I think that's that's one thing I appreciate about all the defenses, too, that Zach Arnett has run out there. And sometimes, look, let's just say it like it is. Sometimes it might be that, you know, you graduate a Tyrus Wheat, you send a Randy Charlton to the NFL, he's on a practice squad, you send Cam Young to the NFL, gets drafted as a nose tackle, and you lose a uh, sure enough, first-round, fire-breathing corner high draft pick who probably, well, at right now is playing like the best rookie corner in all the NFL, and the numbers even back it up. You lose that off your defense, you just may not replace it. You frankly just might not be as good as you were the year before, and it might, they might, you know, they might have not done a very good job of identifying and figuring that out before the season began, frankly. And then you go play somebody good, and, and they figure it out for you. That may be what's going on. All right. Over to the country-pleasing text line. <laughs> Possum Neck Joe said, two hours worth of sausage? Who are you trying to kill? <laughs> oh, I'm not saying eat all of that. I'm saying just get it. Make sure you have it so you're prepared. Uh, talking about Russell Wilson, somebody texted in and said, man, Pete Carroll is a dang good coach. He did such a good job coaching. He he hit Russell Wilson. Geno Smith looks just as good, if not better, than Russ did. And Geno Smith, last year in his first year in Seattle, led the entire NFL in completion percentage. I mean, it was such a win for Seattle. Trading Russell Wilson and getting what they got from Denver, all those players and all those picks. Louvier texts the show. <clears throat> and boy, is he a happy fella, and he should be. He says there are no quarterbacks that are good when they are behind a bad offensive line. You can't throw it well laying on your back. I mean, Bryce Young out of Alabama is the number one overall pick for a good reason, and Heisman winner for a good reason. He's in Carolina. They couldn't protect him to save his life. He's already hurt. He's already missing time, games and practice and everything. Can't do anything. It's a team game. It always will be. And listen, Louvier, you're right. People, particularly our mushy-headed media friends, that just because it sounds good on a talk show or on radio, that want to basically reduce football to where they can focus on individuals and say, well, Matthew Stafford's Super Bowl record and Peyton Manning's Super Bowl record and Drew Brees' Super Bowl record. No individual player has a win-loss record. Teams do. Period. End of story. The end. Tell me more about Matthew Stafford, and let's watch tape of when he was in Detroit. Average at best, and he was a great player. He's doing stuff. Average at best. It's a team game. Makes a move, free agency, they line it up with the Rams, have one great team, Super Bowl. Uh, He says, P.S. Gulf Coast 42, East Mississippi 17, Bulldogs dominated. Boy, you're kidding me. Are you saying that Mississippi Gulf Coast beat Scuba 42 to 17 last night? When is the last time that East Mississippi Community College lost a football game like that? I can't believe that. Congrats to those Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College Bulldogs. State grad 98 texts the show on the 
country pleasing text line. He says, granted, I think there were two bogus calls. Will fumbled twice. We lost one of them, and he also threw an inter- interception. What are we talking about? Oh, the yeah, okay, the other day. I'm sorry. I, I got the turnovers wrong. Yeah, he had two in the game against um, uh, South Carolina. You're right. Uh, he had the one that <laughs> the guy comes in with one foot. We thought you had to have two like an offensive player, but apparently they're, they're not interpret, interpreting the rule that way. And I know we talked about that. It just seems to me that if you specify to reestablish yourself in bounds as an offensive player, you got to have two feet. Seems like it'd be the same for the defense if it's not specified, right? But they interpreted it differently. And then, but it was a poor decision, really. But then the fumble deal, kind of a close call there. It's not really him. He's getting his arm hit. You know, it's it's less a fumble than it is really a, I don't know, almost like a batted ball, right? And then it's a question of does he have possession and the whole kind of brings up shades of the, the tuck rule and that sort of thing. But, but yeah, as far as just handing it over to the other team a whole bunch, he's, he's just not doing that and he's taking care of the ball. And that's even behind a, a group that, man, they, they haven't been good. They have not been good up front. It's almost like, you know, the, the scheme change for State took the experience advantage they had up front and just took that away because they're back to now week to week trying to figure out what they're doing. Guys going the wrong way, stepping the wrong way, stepping on each other. They have a long way to go and time's running out. All right. More of your texts, more of your comments coming up. Phone calls as well. Free for all Friday. Whatever you want to get into is cool with me. Stick around. We'll be right back. crave your sport. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Well, all right, back with you. Turn your microphone on there, Matt. That's my fault. You know, I, by this point, I should have learned if I'm going to talk on the radio I have to have my microphone turned on. I should have learned that by now. All right, welcome in. Back with you. Uh, Get your comments in here. On the Murray West live thread, Keith on Facebook comments. He says, Gulf Coast beat Northwest about the same way. They must be really good. Yeah, so in case you're just tuning in, that was Louvier, whose son is one of the assistant coaches at Gulf Coast Community College. And uh, they, he texts that they beat Scuba last night, East Mississippi, 42-17. to 17. And I was thinking, like, when is the last time that East Mississippi lost a game like that? It's had to, it has to have been a while. A while. That's the last chance you were talking about there. And Gulf Coast put it on them. Now, I also had a text here. This is something that I did not know from my, my buddy Matt. He says, speaking of Gulf Coast, Eli Anderson, the son of former Prattville native and Mississippi State Center Brian Anderson, threw six touchdowns in that game last night for Gulf Coast. Okay, and I got to be on the team one year with Brian, but we went to the same high school. He was, you know, a few years older than me. And I, I played with Brian's younger brother, Chad. We were good friends, and I guess still are. I just hadn't talked to him in a while. Uh, but Brian then went into coaching post-college. 
and has been around. At one point, he was the head coach at uh, at Grenada High School, and he's been a, an assistant at different places. And I think uh, he is coaching now at Neshoba Central. But he's got two sons. His oldest, Brady, played quarterback at East Central in community college. Now he's coaching. And this is his youngest son, Eli Anderson, who threw for six touchdowns in that ball game last night, playing for Gulf Coast, and beat East Mississippi. So. Uh, I tell you what, I have a great appreciation for JUCO football here in uh, in Mississippi. It's just such a cool thing to me, and you know, I guess maybe like growing up in Alabama sort of helps with that because we didn't have, you know, JUCOs that played sports and you know played football in Alabama. I mean, you got baseball and basketball, but you don't have any football JUCOs in Alabama, and and then came to school here at state, and of course played in college, and I mean, our best players it seemed like were coming to us from. From JUCO when I was at State in the late 90s, um, J.J. Johnson, the running back, went to East Mississippi. and You know, Smoot went to Hines. Uh, all those defensive linemen. Of course, what? Uh, Alvin McKinley went to Holmes. Dorsett Davis and Willie Blade and uh, Toby Galladay. Those guys went to Delta, Mississippi Delta. And, I mean, there's others. I mean, I'd be leaving some off. Of course, Kevin Prentice went to Hines. And uh, and then I, the first time I ever saw a JUCO game in Mississippi uh, was post-college, and I'd moved back to Mississippi, and I was doing the media thing and was sent out to cover a junior college game, and I think it was Itawamba in Fulton. I don't remember who they were playing in that first one, but I do remember, like, within the first quarter going, man, these guys can play, and this is physical. <laughs> I mean – yeah, and at that time, they still had the rules in, in JUCO of you had an area, like every school had an area, and you had to recruit from that area, and you were only allowed a certain number of, you know, non-district players and out-of-state players on your roster. And they don't do that anymore. They opened it up. But at that time, they were still doing that. So, like, you know, you'd go watch, say, Itawama Community College, and they'd have a handful of out-of-staters who could have been transfers or big recruits but then everybody else in their team would have been made up of coming to Itawamba from schools in that, like a, a certain number of counties around Itawamba uh, Community College. And so you would have, because of that, the makeup of those teams is you'd have a bunch of guys who were trying to get better, didn't get offered and recruited out of high school. But you'd have about four or five who, if it weren't for a math class <laughs> or science class, they'd be playing for Alabama and Ole Miss and State. And they just be tattooing people out there. Just, I mean, helmets flying and everything. <clears throat> it was something else. Uh, so I have a great appreciation for it. It's, it's a very competitive deal. And a bunch of great people at those schools. Some of the finest people in the world. I did work at a community college for a couple of years in the early 2000s up at Northeast Community College. And, course getting to know their folks but also then getting to work with and getting some know some of the people uh steve diffie at homes and you know some of the coaches not just sids but some of the coaches at different schools and coach glenn davis at colin who he coached us at state you know he was our running backs coach at state and anyway just some of the finest people there are in that juco league around the state of mississippi we're really really fortunate here to have that not everybody has that and so there's my take on that. Becky confirming on the Murray West live thread. She's on Facebook. Said, Gulf Coast is good. 
<laughs> Appreciate that. All right, more of your texts coming up on the Country Pleasing text line right now over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. We got Winslow on line one. Winslow, what's up? Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Great, man? great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. I just hopped in the car and heard you talking about JUCOs. Did you mention Scott Westerfield, the kicker? See, I didn't mention Scott. I didn't realize Scott went to okay. JUCO. Yeah, he was at Hines. And then he came know. in, you know, uh, uh, right after uh, uh, right Hazelwood. After, right after Hazelwood, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he only kicked for a couple of years. Hey, uh, I have not heard this anywhere. I just wanted to confirm it. Does Alabama have a player who's having to sit out the first half tomorrow because of the targeting last week? Oh, Winslow, I don't know. Now, it seems like I, I, I was thinking that they, they had a player, I think his last name is Miller, that got called for targeting okay. the second half last week, and I remember thinking at the time, well, he'll have to sit out the first half against State. Against State. I'll see if I can look that up. And it seems like they also had someone who came out of that game on defense with an injury, um, but I I can't specify that as well. Um, Yeah, but I'll look it up and see. I didn't get to watch, you know, the the Ole Miss game like typically watching it where you're in front of a TV with the volume up. We were watching on a small television up in the corner of our booth because we were already in the press box over at South Carolina. So I got to see most of the plays, but – I might have missed that one. Let's see here. Alabama's Jamarion Miller ejected for targeting versus Ole Miss. This was posted this week. Shows the play there. And looks like it was on a special teams play, huh? Yeah. And, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Was it second half? It is, third quarter. Yeah, it was a special teams play, okay. like, a, like a kickoff after a score. Yeah. It looks like Bama had gone up 17-7. to Maybe it was the ensuing kickoff. Looks like it was on that play, and it was third quarter, yeah. So that does mean he would have okay. to sit out. Yeah, Jamarion. So he'll, he'll sit the first half tomorrow. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Don't know how much that will help us, but we'll take every little bit. Well, this is what you can kind of probably bank on is, you know, regardless of whether his backup is experienced or not, his backup will have been very highly recruited. We know that. <laughs> we can pretty much bank on that. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, hey. All right, that's all I had. Appreciate it, Winslow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, I was having that conversation this morning, too. We were talking about rosters. And uh, we here's what we ought to do, okay? In fact, you know what? We will do it. Let me make a note of this. <laughs> make a note of that. We're going to do this uh, in, when we start Hour 2. We're going to take a look at all of the SEC games. Maybe some others as well, but we'll do the SEC for sure. And we will call them our NIL preview. We're going to do an SEC NIL preview. We're going to go down who's playing who. And you're going to weigh in. You can either call me or text me or comment on the live stream. And you're going to weigh in that in each of these matchups, which school has more NIL invested in its roster. Y'all want to do that? I think we should do that. (laughs) We won't do it right now, but I think we should do it, and we will do it at some point. Uh, Let's see here. Tim on the country-pleasing text line says, 
The 335 just doesn't work in the SEC. Says you'll be in shootouts nearly every game. That's from Tim. He does not like the 335. Now, it's like you're forced to play a lot of nickel. Everybody plays nickel. Um, you see it all over the place. Whether they got three defensive linemen or four, you still wind up with a nickel in there. And so it's like it. you can either go with three linebackers or two, and that's just whether or not you have three defensive linemen or four. Confused yet? But everybody's going to have five DBs because you're going to have two typical safeties a guy who's like free safety personnel, a guy who's like strong safety personnel that can be a little bit of a hybrid and he does not mind at all. You know, he fits and covers a little better maybe with running backs, tight ends, but he certainly can go down in a box and play the run and take on the edge if he needs to and all that. But you're going to have a nickel who is like part slot corner, part robber, sometimes that banjo blitz off the hash, you know, I mean – so everybody's going to do nickel. That's just because everybody's playing spread stuff. So you can say, hey, 335 doesn't work. Well, you're going to have five in the secondary. Figure out the rest. The rest of it's only the difference of one player. That's it. Period. Just one guy. <laughs> so if it won't work, then it probably means you got other problems just other than just how you're lining up. Hey, but that's just me. Just getting started. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. And we're back. Thanks for hanging in there. Jumping on in here. Always good to hear from you. Uh, let's hit the, real quick, the Murray West live thread. If you're on the live stream, hey, to you on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, feel free to type in a comment, post it, comment. I see it right here on the Murray West live thread. MurrayWest.com, that's M-U-R-R-Y. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi since 1996. Custom apparel and more. Anything you need a logo on, embroidered with actual thread or printed or anything like that. You need you need your logos on shirts, hats, items for you know your business, your company, your brand, your church, your team, whatever. Your family, whatever. Go there. Trust me. Try them first. Check them out online. Look at some of the folks they work with. Ole Miss, Ole Miss Athletics, Genteel, others. MurrayWest.com. What are y'all talking about over here? Jason out in Flagstaff, Arizona, says he definitely misses that about home, talking about Mississippi. He said the junior colleges don't play anything here. Always a ball game of something to slip into and watch when you're at Boonville or Fulton or elsewhere. That's right. You know, and Arizona's got like maybe one or two JUCOs that play football out there. I think. Maybe. Um, Keith, thanks for your comment. He's on Facebook on the Murray West live thread. He was confirming somebody did get the targeting call. We actually looked that up and made sure we had it. 
Uh, let's see. How about this? Blind Squirrel Sports, our, our Georgia friend on the live thread, he, he was being funny here, um, picking on Sven. And he said, hey, man, y'all got Matt's film study, so why don't you win a national championships? You have all the resources you need. Yeah, he's being, I'm picking up your sarcasm. And Sven said, yeah, well, we don't have over 65 four- and five-star players like Georgia does. <laughs> and then he went on about the coaching staff. And the thing about it is, I mean, the coaches are always better coaches when they have 65 or more four- and five-star players. <laughs> right? Isn't that how that works? I think it is. Okay, I'm going to flip it over to the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Jimmy. Hanging on line one. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Matt. How you doing? Just right. Hey, it's Friday, almost the weekend, so it's going to be a good time. Um, hey, Matt, a lot of country singers that I work around, they're all Georgia uh, Bulldog fans, and you would not believe the amount of country singers that are from originally from Georgia. From Georgia? Oh. From Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, Chris Stapleton, on down the line, um, Brantley Gilbert, all of them. But hey, hey, real quick, Jimmy. Jimmy, you, I know I'm interrupting you, but real quick, are you? Go ahead. Are you a country music fan? I am a country music fan. Okay, uh, if you haven't heard of a guy yet, this guy yet, be aware of him. His name is Charlie Crockett, a young guy who is like originally from Louisiana, and then he moved away and he's come back and all. But look up a guy named Charlie Crockett who is. Over the next month, he's you know how Chris Stapleton has this traveling show that he's doing in like Dallas and San Antonio, and he's making a stop in Louisiana and all this. And over the next month or so, Charlie Crockett is one of the ones opening for um, for Stapleton. And if you haven't heard of Charlie Crockett, look him up. If you're a country music fan, you'll like it. Oh, I'll check him out. Uh, there'll be a whole lot of other people checking him out too that are associated with who I work for. Yeah, but. Um, what I what I was gonna say real quick is that um, the um, uh, as far as country music, um, I I have Willie Nelson next week, and uh, Willie's ninety years old. I t- and, and, and still doing with his concerts. Yes, sir. Wow. And uh, I I went too long ago. I did a Jimmy Buffett, and he came out barefooted with Mac McAnally. And his rest of his team and uh, sang for two hours, two and a, two and a half hours. How about that? Uh, barefooted great. and uh, and God rest his soul. But Matt, what I wanted to ask you today about is what your take is on the Ole Miss LSU game. Okay. And do you think Lane Kiffin has a chance against Brian Kelly? Hey, before you hang up, before you hang up, Jimmy, just one yeah. quick one quick yeah. question, and then I'll tell you what I think about sure, the game. Sure, go ahead. Between those two teams, Ole Miss and LSU. Which of those two teams do you think has more name, image, and likeness money invested in their roster? Uh, you know, I'd say LSU, but, yeah. you know, I know they got the the power running game and everything, but yeah. I don't know. About yeah, I'd Lane, say. Lane, Lane is big on uh, bringing, you know, a lot of people in, so I don't know. I, well, I, I think you got it right. My guess is that whatever yeah. – Ole Miss is paying its roster. I guarantee you LSU is probably doubling it. Hey, I'll answer your question. We'll talk about it right now. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. Um, right. Here's what I think. All right, LSU is a more highly recruited team. They are a little more stacked. 
with guys who are NFL caliber players, right? Okay, so that's the obvious. That's the obvious. And then look at the other facts. They are going to go to, I guess it's at Oxford, right? They're going to be up there. You got an Ole Miss team that got super embarrassed this past week by Alabama's defense. Um, it, does, that, does LSU have a defense like Alabama? I, I don't. I don't know, but in terms of athletes, you know, they're they're kind of they're knocking on the door of having the same level of athletes across the board. And and so, honestly, what I think is, I think Ole Miss is going to play well. I think they're certainly going to throw some punches on offense. They'll score some points. I, they just don't have the line of scrimmage and the overall, you know, speed and and just sort of super-duper athletes that LSU has to win the game. I think LSU wears them down. I think the line of scrimmage will probably be the biggest difference in the game. Ole Miss has a lot of good skill players. I like Ole Miss's quarterback. You know, freshman linebacker who looks really good. But I just see LSU winning it, you know. Ole Miss, um, it's like that LSU team. If you want to win it, you kind of got to do what Arkansas did, make it an ugly game and try to win that. And and Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin, they don't win ugly games. I guess the only time they've done it maybe was Kentucky a year or two ago. So I really think it comes down to the line of scrimmage. I really do. And I think last week against Alabama was a pretty good indication of kind of where Ole Miss is on the line of scrimmage right now and where they've got to go. And to me, LSU's got it. And also, you look at LSU, I mean, they they have gone in that environment, played Florida State early in the year. Uh, they did play state, you know, state in Starkville in front of the Cowbells, 11 a.m. game. It was a good crowd there. You know, so from an on, I know it's on the road, but from an opposing crowd standpoint, too, it's not something that's going to be really daunting. That's not throwing a jab or trying to challenge the Ole Miss fans. It just is what it is. I mean, you know, the Ole Miss Stadium, it seats 60,000. It's not ever really the loudest or the most imposing because all of them are good seats. And it's one thing, like I've said this before, if you're an Ole Miss fan, it's great going to Ole Miss home games at Vaught-Hemingway because you do fit a lot of people in there. But even if you're in the top row, you got a great seat. There are no bad seats in the whole stadium because they don't have upper decks. They took 60,000, bolted in, but there's no height, so it lets the noise out, and it's not very imposing. So that's another thing. I'm not saying they don't have a home field advantage, but against teams like LSU, what's the advantage? Is it noise? No, they play a lot of louder places. It's half. They play louder places when they're at home. So I just think advantage LSU. That's what I think. And and maybe if you if you're – had to really boil it down to what matters the most. It's just offensive and defensive linemen. There it is. They got them. A lot of them. A little bit of a different deal on their lines of scrimmage than what Ole Miss is going to try it out there. Ole Miss capable. Get a turnover or two. Have a good day. Play with your hair on fire. Hit two or three big throws. Yeah, sure, they can. But for all intents and purposes, LSU should win the game. And to answer Jimmy's question, you know, it was my question that was Jimmy's answer, but there's no comparison. What a team like Ole Miss has NIL invested in its roster versus what a team like LSU has invested in its. They don't compare. Don't take my word for that. 
Go ask somebody you trust on that kind of, that kind of thing, and they'll they'll give you a straight answer too. I'm sure. Grumpy on the country pleasing text line says, uh, Matt Grumpy doesn't want to pop your uh, red balloon, but everyone has more invested in pay for play than MSU. <laughs> he says enjoying you and Beaver's laid back show today. Yeah, we're a little laid back. We really got some laid back stuff coming for you in the second hour. The second, and therefore, the second hour may be more fun than this one. That's all coming up, and we're going to finish it out the right way too. Uh, at the end of the show, with my friend Terry Fant from Hickory Ridge Baptist Church. Y'all remember in the Bible where Jesus said the words, "Get thee behind me, Satan." He was speaking. You know, he said, "Get behind me, Satan." Y'all remember when he said that? How many times did he say that? Anyway, we're going to cover that at the end of the show today. In between, some fun stuff. In between, we're going to look at the games and TV times. I haven't even done that yet. We'll do that when we come back. And we'll just throw it out there in the matchups. We'll just do the SEC. Which rosters have the most NIL dollars invested in them in these matchups that we're going to see tomorrow? Hour two, coming up. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. 